Episode 18, Veronica Cleary has sprung the leak. Don't talk, just listen. Under the black sun there is no hope, only mystery, wonder. And danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinefunks Podcast Network. The meter maids, the garbage men, the people of color that she knew leached off the tax dollars that she did not pay rather than get an honest job, that motherfuck of a mayor, and all other persons alive or dead. But now, well, now, Veronica Cleary could rest easy, knowing that not only was there a god, there appeared to be a cosmological crapload, and each and every one was out to get her personally. Veronica Cleary was a short woman. Stubby was a term used when she was not in earshot. The impression one got was that the mold had been scrunched just a bit too tight, and Veronica Cleary had walled out before any attempt could be made to correct course. She had dark hair and darker eyes and hands that were always cold. And on one cold January day, for no apparent reason, Veronica Cleary sprang a leak. It started in the shower. Veronica Cleary had gone over her allotted time of hot water, but everyone knew better than to challenge her on this. Life was just too short, especially in the city beneath the black sun, 
to surrender an entire day, and that was if you were lucky, to being followed around by Veronica Cleary as she complained and complained and complained. There was no ailment in your life that she could not make about herself, and no tragic tale that she did not feel the incessant need to one-up. This got old quickly, and most in St. Peter's Hospital had taken to ignoring her altogether. Which Veronica Cleary, of course, complained about. The upside was that no one bothered when she ate more than she was rationed, of way to work when she was scheduled, and took too long in the hot showers. She was very nearly almost ready to consider being done when she was struck by a sudden violent hacking cough. It came so strong, so quick, that before she even knew what was happening, Veronica Cleary was on her hands and knees, her entire body shaking as it was racked with the cough. That flesh now out of the spray of hot water raised in goose pimples, and the chill ran from scalp to the tip of her toes. Something was in her throat. Something thick. Something wet. Something that moved. She could feel it wherever it was, clinging to the walls of her throat. Her coughs moved it up, but the thing was lodged tight inside her. Another violent spasm brought it further up, but she almost immediately felt it begin to regain footing and attempt to creep back down. Choking, Veronica Cleary reached her thumb and forefinger into her mouth, past the uvula, into the throat. Her fingers pinched the thing. It twitched. Gasping, Veronica Cleary dragged it out from inside herself. It struggled. Nearly there now, the water was screaming. The world was spinning. It clung. One last desperate pull. And the thing, the slimy black and green thing, was out of her throat and out of her mouth and out into the world. She beheld it for only a moment. And then the thing spasmed in her fingers, and she took a step back, only to remember too late that the shower was still running, the floor still wet, and then her feet were above her, and she was falling, and then her head struck, and then she was falling again into a deeper, warmer dark.
Frog Cleary swam back to waking, the world slowly refocusing in front of her to reveal a doctor's office. Dr. Andrews was watching her, a look of concern on the other woman's face. Fuck happened, Veronica Cleary growled. Dr. Andrews kept the concerned look. She seemed to be trying to avoid Veronica Cleary's eyes, instead focusing on a spot on her forehead. You seem to have uh, had a fall, Dr. Andrews said. But, uh... Veronica Cleary sat up. Someone had dressed her in an ill-fitting, itchy bathrobe. A bathrobe, a particularly blinding shade of pink. She thought to herself, no doubt the fuckers had helped themselves to a feel of her assorted bits. What'd you expect? She expected her usual rage to ferment and rise. But instead she felt only an odd detachment. The feelings were there. She just couldn't feel them as she usually did. It worried her. And so Veronica Cleary quickly pivoted to Dr. Andrews, who was still staring. Fuck you looking at, she snapped. Dr. Andrews tore her eyes from Veronica Cleary's forehead and picked up a mirror from the counter. She held it in front of Veronica Cleary's face. And so, she saw. She saw the gash in her forehead above her left eye. She saw that the gash had been left open, that the cut was a clean, clear portal into the dark of her. She saw a steady stream of translucent fluid pouring out of the cut. But it wasn't falling. It would have fallen into her eye, of course. The fluid, whatever it was, was rising like steam slithering up from asphalt on a hot summer day when the rains fall. But where was it going? The doctor all but forgotten, Veronica Cleary craned her head back, climbing down from the examination table so that she could angle the column into view. The fluid, whatever it was, rose about five feet into the air and then dissipated into nothingness. Cold terror took a firm handle of Veronica Cleary's guts. And yet, this too only struck her from a dispassionate distance. It was as if she was experiencing her own life secondhand, like this was all just a particularly involving tale told by and about a stranger. She turned to Dr. Andrews. What? What is it? The doctor shook her head. We have no idea.
over the next few days, they tried to find out. They encapsulated virtually the entire population of the St. Peter's Hospital community. Usually, inquiries into this sort of thing were delegated to Mr. Oakes and Mr. Mayhew, but no one knew where Mr. Oakes had gone after the incident in the sewer. Mr. Mayhew had been left in a depression that was near Catatonia. So word got out quickly. And soon, Dr. Andrew's office was permanently crammed with heads that sought to study, to theorize, to see. Veronica Cleary saw them all, but could not muster herself the care. She couldn't recall what the fuss was about. She knew she had sprung a leak, but so what? It was a fact of being. Same as the earth being solid, same as water being wet, same as death. Study had concluded that the strange plasma was sticky to the touch and that it had prismatic properties. When a light was held near the flow, the spectators beheld a rolling kaleidoscope, colors expanding and contracting and consuming one another. Colors of a shade and hue that no human eye could properly hold and no human tongue could truly describe. Efforts were made to staunch the flow but it soaked through every bandage and wrap. Dr. Andrews made a valiant effort to stitch up the wound and curtail the flow, but the longer she held her hand close to the wound, the more her skin crawled, the more her head swam, the more she felt the desperate, mad need to run from the room from the building and scream and scream and scream until her lungs tore open and she gasped blood in her horror. She abandoned the effort after completing only three stitches. As ever, Veronica Cleary was unfazed. She no longer listened when the room filled with people people saying her name over and over again. If she ever felt boredom, she could easily tune out the people and occupy her time watching the feeders. No one else seemed able to see them. They were so small. They were so many. They had such lovely, wide smiles. No one else seemed able to see them. They found her flow delicious. They drank deep. And yet no one else seemed able to see them. Unable to solve the problem, the doctors opted to shoot the moon and at least see if they could learn something about this whatever the hell was happening. They took a vial, and into that vial, they extracted a strain of the flow. The strain was taken to the hospital's lab, and study was attempted. 
The next day, the doctors entered the lab to discover that the clear fluid had curled black, expanded such that it was breaking clear through the glass container. As they watched, it expanded even further, shattering the glass. The sample began to twitch. The sample began to moan. It sounded so human. It sounded so familiar. They touched fire to it and flushed it away. From there, there seemed nothing anyone could do except make sure that Veronica Cleary was as comfortable as possible, sitting silent while the flow escaped her. This lasted for a week more, and then the flow stopped. Dr. Andrews came into the office one morning to find Veronica Cleary standing and staring. Only standing. Only staring. She wore a smile that was awful to see. Veronica? Dr. Andrews asked. Are you all right? The other woman's eyes widened in an expression that might have been terror, only to submerge back into dull placidity. I can't see them anymore, Veronica Cleary said. I'm alone. At last. I remember I wished for that. She did not move or flinch as Dr. Andrews finally patched and bandaged her wound. At least that, that thing seems to have stopped, Dr. Andrews offered. It ran out, Veronica Cleary said. It ran out into their bellies. Yum, yum, yum. May I go, doctor? Dr. Andrews stood aside, and Veronica Cleary walked out. Life in the hospital filled in around her. While there are plenty of odd stares and whispered remarks at first, the sheer tonnage of oddness offered by the city beneath the black sun meant that soon the off-putting continuance of Veronica Cleary was just another fact of life. She moved with the crowd and made no disturbance, and so all learned to be at peace with her presence. No one much liked when she stared, though. It wasn't all the time. It wasn't even that often. 
that every once in a while, folks would catch her staring, her placid mask broken by wide eyes and an open mouth, a thin line of drool leaking from the corner of her lips. At the sound of her name, Veronica Cleary would blink, appear dazed, and then return to her dullness. Three weeks after the incident had begun, Charlie Withers heard a strange slurping noise from within the sink in his room. Charlie Withers, being of practical character, opened up the pipe leading to his sink. A black and green wad lunged for him, making a noise that reminded Charlie Withers of the pigs his grandfather kept on the farm when Charlie was a boy. The pigs alone knew what the axe meant, and their final terrified wail had lingered with Charlie Withers for all the long years of his life. With a quickness that belied his age, he swatted the thing with his wrench. It hit the floor and emitted a series of gurgling squeals. It began again to move. He struck the thing with the wrench over and over, and when it was finally still, he wrapped the thing in paper, brought it to the roof, and there touched fire to it. And somewhere else in St. Peter's Hospital, beneath the black sun, a tear fell from Veronica Cleary's left eye, unnoticed. Hello and welcome back to Black Sun Dispatches, now coming to you from the year 2018. Huzzah! <laughs> My name is Brandon Foley and I write, produce, and perform the show. Uh, very happy to be going now into our second year. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be our second year until later in the year because we started in what, like April or something like that. But anyway, 2018, here we are. We made it. Yay! Black Sun Dispatch is only one of many great shows offered by the Cinepunks Podcast Network. Uh, so if you like this show, please check out Cinepunks, Loud Fast Philly, Horror Business, The Mandate, uh, and all other kinds of cool programs that we have on the site. We also have tons of great writing from a huge variety of cool writers. Uh, so there's bound to be something on this website that you will enjoy. And if not, then the problem is you. Fix your life. Cinepunks is sponsored by Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. You can hit them up at xlvacx.com. Once again, that's Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. You can hit them up at xlvacx.com. You, yes you, sitting there, Adrian. You can sponsor the show too uh, at, with our Patreon, which you can find on the website. Uh, anything is appreciated. Uh, if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, spread the word via Twitter, via Facebook, um, MySpace isn't a thing. 
But if you're the one person left with MySpace, yeah, sure, write us up there too. Friendster, that's a thing. It was, I don't know. You can find me on Twitter at the True Brennan F. You can follow the show on Twitter at Black Sun Show. The show page at Black Sun Show will have all kinds of information about upcoming episodes and stuff like that. Uh, my own Twitter page is mostly just me talking about you know movies and whatnot. I saw Paddington 2. That was awesome. These insights and more will be on my Twitter feed. Black Sun Dispatch's logo was designed by Jennifer Rogers. A huge thank to her as always. Uh, the win- music for the episode is Winter by E.L. Heath. And as always, a huge, huge thank you to the entire Cinepunks team who make this show possible. Uh, so yeah, that should do it. We'll be back in a couple weeks with our next episode. Uh, it's a chiller. I'm not being facetious. It's called The Chill. Uh, the episode, yeah, it's going to be on January 29th will be when that one drops. So I look forward to bringing that to you guys, and hopefully you'll join us and help spread the word so even more people will come. This is going to be our year. I don't, I don't know that's something that we're supposed to kind of say, so I'm just saying it, throwing it out there like the secret. Uh, Oprah says it works, and she's Oprah. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm rambling. I'm tired. Go see Paddington too. Bye, guys.